Behind every good story is an interesting person. This is Person of Interest with Q102's Jeff Thomas. Hey, welcome to Person of Interest. I'm Jeff Thomas, and today's podcast is a special edition we didn't plan to do until it happened. It involves one of our own, Natalie Jones, who produces this very podcast. She's better known as Cincinnati's most entertaining nighttime radio personality, heard weeknights from 7 to midnight on Cincinnati's Q102, and she recently lived through a very scary incident that honestly could happen to any of us at any time. And on a recent Jeff and Jen Morning Show broadcast, she shared her story. I decided to make her this week's person of interest because the story she shared on our show the other day was it was unsettling, it was frightening, but compelling personal, and I hope very informative. I found it very informative. This is one person of interest you don't want to miss. Take a listen. I'm originally from the west side, yeah. White Oak. And then uh, you attended UC. Yeah, I went to UC. And, and then you kind of moved around there. There was a period where you kind of bounced around for a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm kind of all over Cincinnati. We moved to Mount Loka when I was 12, and then I lived in Over the Rhine all through college at UC. And then I was went I was, lived in the Carolinas, north and south, and then I went to Colorado and then California, and now I'm back at home. Yay! And, and now you, I live in Clifton. And didn't you live on an island somewhere, too? I did, in North Carolina. I lived on Ocracoke Island. It's a wee little island down at the bottom. And what were you doing? in all these different places living life having fun yeah yeah doing my own thing i did it all by my like moved everywhere by myself and figuring out what you wanted to be when you grew up yeah i think a lot of curiosity you know a lot of finding my heart like that sounds cool i'm gonna go do that and see what that seems like soul searching yeah, yeah. you're like a free spirit and you've kind of done so, it yeah. all right that's been really fun yeah I mean, did you grow up wanting to be in radio when you were a kid no, I've always grown up wanting to be um, a, a public speaker. I remember after my first college class, like my first quarter of um, like speech 101. Yeah. I asked my professor, like, how do you become a professional speaker for a job? Like, how do you do that? And he was like, well, I mean, there's so many different options. Right. And and it's come to church. And to so, fruition, so you spent. So the last place you lived before you moved back to Cincinnati was Telluride, Colorado. And you were there for how long? Um, I was in Telluride for five years, but I was in L.A. for the last year. Oh, yeah. So like in and out of. Yeah. In and out of Telluride in L.A. Yeah. And, and so, of course, your family's still here. You moved back here to to be with your mom and your family. And yep. you yeah, living with a, your brother for a while. Yeah. I got a big family. I'm one of five kids. And I was living with my brother. I came home to take care of fam. And, you know, parents are getting we're all getting older. So I lived with my brother for a while. And then I just moved into um, my first place by myself since I moved home. Two weeks ago. And that's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. Yes. I haven't had, even like I haven't ha- uh, had, I haven't been able to afford my own place without a roommate. And how long? And or ever. I, like, I mean, <laughs> like maybe since I think in all my travels, I've had like two places by myself and I've lived in like 17 different places over the past decade. Yeah. So it's been years. I can it's, relate to that moving around a lot. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's definitely time. Are I we would, allowed to say what neighborhood you now live in that you moved to? Um, sure, we can say. Without being too specific? Yeah. She said Clifton just a yeah. few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's already out of the bag. Yeah, around uh, the good Sam area. But that is significant because you hadn't lived in Clifton that long before something happened to you. Yes. Tell us the story. So, last Wednesday, I had been living in my new spot for the much-anticipated spot for 10 days. And I got off work here. I went to the grocery store after work, ran into a girlfriend I hadn't seen in years at the grocery store. We talked for like 20 minutes at 1130 at night. It was awesome. And 
as I was parking to, um, there is only street parking around my apartment. Yeah. And I was parked a block away on a really safe area, a safe street in front of an orthopedic surgeon's office. It was a, there's an orthopedic surgeon, a dentist and a bank. And I parked right on that street and I had my, I put my backpack on with my computer bag and I had like my wallet and my cell phone and my bag of groceries. And I took 20 steps from my car and I was hit in the back of the head with a gun out of nowhere, just blindsided. And I, you kind of know when that happens, like, you know, immediately, like there's a split second that seems like an eternity in your mind. That you're like. I was just pistol whipped. Like, what just happened? So you knew instantly. Yeah, you just, it's your instincts kick in. Like, you just know. And I immediately started screaming (laughs) so loud. Good, good thing I'm so loud. And I turned around and there was a man standing there with a gun in my face. And he said, give me the phone. And I screamed at him. And then he said, give me the phone. And I screamed again. And then finally I fumbled and gave him the phone. And then um, he ran in one direction. I turned around and ran in the other direction, screaming. And by the time I made it to the main street, because it was before midnight, so there are still people walking around and the cars mm-hmm. around the street. The main street there is kind of still bustling. Clifton's a busy area. Yeah, yeah. it's it a lot going on for sure. Yeah. Um, it was right there. I guess what I say is right there on Lolo Avenue. And by the time I got to Lolo, there was a girl and her car stopped, and she was maneuvering to get out of a parking spot on Lolo, and she stopped and said. Do you need help? And she called nine one one immediately. And by that point, I could like there's, I could feel the blood gushing down my head, and I started to freak out. That like I just need to get to a hospital. I need For to, sure. I know, I know I'm in shock. I've been concussed before. Like I just need to make sure that I'm okay. Um, and it was incredibly terrifying. And you're just in like auto mode. Sure. You never. I mean, you never know what's going to happen in that situation until it happens, and it is terrifying. And, you you use the word blindsided. And uh, we can, and we take that for what it is. But did you hear the footsteps? Did you sense that no, somebody was coming up behind nothing. you? You really were blindsided. One hundred percent. Didn't see it coming. You just felt the impact. Yeah, out of nowhere. Didn't hear anything. And I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't. Didn't have headphones in. I was just carrying your bags, carrying my bags. Excited to get my spinach in the refrigerator. Like just nothing at all. So you start screaming right away. Mm-hmm. And. He only asked for your phone. You have yeah. this backpack. You got your laptop. You've got your wallet. But he just wanted the phone. Only the phone. It was so bizarre. And he's all he said was, "Give me the phone." And so I with a gun in your face. With a gun in my face. It was terrifying. What did and you think in that moment? With that gun in your face, did you think he was going to shoot you? Yeah. Did you think you were going to die? Um, kind of, yes. I'm like, this is the moment. Um, I mean, it's like, oh, uh, exactly what I can't even really articulate how exactly you think that's going to happen or what you think is, it's just terrifying. It was like, no matter what, there's, there's like a split second in my mind where I was like, man, F this guy. I'm not doing anything he says. No, just kidding. No, just kidding. Yeah. You just do everything. It's the fight or flight. Yeah. Just take. Because you're in the process of trying to process, you know, what's really happening here and what could potentially happen here. Mm -hmm. And I've got a gun in my face. And when he demanded the phone, you didn't give it to him right away. It sounds like you were sort of reacting to the situation first before you finally fumbled for the phone. Would that be accurate? Yes. 100%. He asked for it twice, and I like screamed back at him twice. 
And what can, now thinking back, can you say what you screamed or <laughs> or a clean version <laughs> of what you screamed? Not. I said what the f, but I didn't say f. I said the whole word. Right. And you like, said really, that twice. Really loud. I mean, I said that on repeat from the moment I got hit until the cops arrived. Screamed it, just, it not screamed just said it. it. Screamed yes. it. Screamed like guttural. Screamed it until the cops came. Just like I was like running with my bags of groceries. And there was like blood everywhere, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. How long was the response time from the time that you were attacked that you had interaction with a police officer? Less than three minutes. Wow. That's pretty fast. They yeah. there immediately. So quick. 100%. And then and even by the time they got there, within five minutes of the whole thing, we had gotten, I logged in to find my iPhone and they located the phone. My, my immediate instinct would be, oh, this guy wants my wallet. He wants money. I would not have expected the phone. And then once I gave him my phone, my first instinct would be to call someone and I can't do it because yeah. I don't have my phone. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly what it, that's exactly what happened. I just, I immediately knew, like I have friends that live in that community and I immediately was like, I just need to run to one of the open restaurants or bars that are still open. I mean, it was a Wednesday and I was just like, I just need to go immediately. And also I got to get these eggs in the, in the refrigerator. I love that you're but thinking about the I eggs. Know, isn't that weird? <laughs> I like well, you got blood gushing <laughs> off of your head after being pistol and whipped. my eggs. <laughs> and you're worried about the eggs going bad. They didn't break, though. They dropped on the ground and they didn't break. It was it was. But uh, you did get positive. to the hospital and everything's okay? Yes, I got to the hospital in a very timely manner. And uh, I got 10 staples in my head. And mm. I came out of it, okay, just a little shaken. It's one of those things you like. you don't think it's going to happen to you. It's like getting held at gunpoint or like getting attacked by a shark. Right. I think. And then when it actually does, you're like, wow, it really can happen to anyone. And when you least expect it in that area, it's so safe. The detective said it's the first attack like this. And he said he's been working in District 5 for since 2002. And it's the first attack of any sort. They have like some minor robberies and car break-ins. Yeah, but of that kind. That he can remember. Yeah. How have you been feeling after the attack. I mean, it's been a week or a little over a yeah. week. So how have you been handling? And you're handling? talking like emotionally, right? Not, yes, not emotionally. Yeah. Um, I was a wreck for a couple of days. It was just terrifying, like absolutely terrifying. I would say minor PTSD type stuff where like get really scared of the dark and didn't want to, you know, you just don't want to be any kind of vulnerability. Or by yourself. Yeah, didn't want to be by myself at all. Um, I know working nights, leaving at night was is still still a little scary. And the sad thing about it is I used to n- never feel unsafe in Cincinnati and I've been over the Rhine for years and I n- never felt safe. You know, I was minded P's and Q's and be smart about it, but I never felt unsafe being alone. And now that I kind of do. Yeah, I got to say this about you. <clears throat> I've only known you as long as you've worked here, but in the short time that I've gotten to know you, you strike me as one of the most free spirited, fearless people that I've met recently. Oh, nice. And all I could think about when you told us that story the following day, Molly and I, we heard about what happened and we went running back to the office to talk to you. And I was just thinking about she just moved there. Like she just got there. She was so excited. She was having this fantastic day. Did that make you rethink? I, I don't want this place anymore. I just want to get out of here as quickly as possible. Uh, for sure. Well, I, 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 at, at first a little bit but I also had this sense of like just give it a couple days and see how I feel and a week over a week later I feel okay it'll be okay yeah. like I mean to joke about it first like what are the chances of it happening again that's not something to bank on you know um, but I just feel I feel safer now and I actually feel more of a like more empowered like, yes more like a woman and it's only been 10 days but I'm like I'm not gonna let this I'm just gonna be safe and now 
My mom was amazing. The very the following day, I like I kind of stayed in bed. That the next day, I came into work and was just in shock still. And then on Friday, I stayed in bed all day, and it rained. And my mom was super awesome. She went out in the rain in her walker, and she got me a place to park across the street in a parking lot that's well lit. And she asked the cops to wait there for me every day to make sure I get home safe until that's awesome. that's awesome. not anymore. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So that's been happening, and that um, that definitely makes me feel safer. And I don't want to walk around at night by myself for a while. That's for sure. A couple of things come to mind is the importance of remember. Did you would you have been able to call anyone without your phone no. using someone else's phone? So there, I I learned so much from this situation. I think there's so much we can all learn. Number one to always have your phone backed up because when I did get a new phone, I had to go through the backup, know your passwords and have your emergency contacts memorized. The only phone number I had memorized really was my mom's and she lives an hour away and is 60 and disabled. I wasn't going to call her at three o'clock in the morning to scare her, give her a heart attack, you know? And I didn't know any. I didn't know anybody else's number. It's not like when we were kids, we knew our friends and our grandmas and our aunts. Now it's all just saving your phone. You just hit a button. So like the next morning, it was kind of, it was so sad. The next morning I came into work because I hadn't talked to any of any of my people yet. Mm-hmm. I went to the hospital, went through the whole process by myself and didn't call anyone, didn't have anybody's numbers to call. And I was kind of too exhausted to ask someone to borrow their phone to log into Facebook. I knew I was going to be okay, you know, and um, I didn't. I just, w- I wish I knew other people's numbers. I would have called them in a heartbeat. Aside from that, though. You had Find My Phone turned on. Yes. Which a lot of people don't think to do. Yes. Had you backed up your phone recently? I had. So it had been backed up. This happened on the 18th. It had been backed up on the 17th, luckily. And I did know my Find My iPhone password on the first try. I got it, which doesn't always happen. Right. But I knew it. I just updated everything. And I we did it immediately. And we did find the location of the phone, although the cops were not able to catch anybody. Um, but they did know the general area of where it was and we had it turned off immediately and everything shut down immediately. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a very quick break here, but when we come back, things you can do today to empower and protect yourself from a would be attacker as person of interest continues next. And now person of interest with Q and O2's Jeff Thomas continues. Let's uh, let's bring Zane into the conversation here. Zane Nickel is a deputy sheriff and corrections officer with the Butler County Sheriff's Office. He's got 22 years of experience in the Southwest Ohio criminal justice system. Deputy Nickel, welcome to the Jeff and Jen Morning Show. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. What can we learn from this? Well, first of all, thank you for talking to us, and I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, situational awareness is probably the biggest thing that we're going to have to talk about. Because uh, imagine a 12-foot bubble around you. You, don't, you want people to have permission to come into that. Mm-hmm. So a 12-foot bubble? Yes. Essentially, think about your peripheral vision. Every once in a while, just take stock of what's around you. Uh, yeah. the, the biggest thing we can do is you can't be on 100% alert all the time. At some point, you've got to be comfortable. But um, far and beyond, um, we, we get caught up in our day, and we forget to check our, the behind you, around you, uh, and to keep your head up. If you people watch and you go to the mall, you'll see that everybody's buried in their phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And criminals take advantage of that. Um, there's a number of ways that they pick vi- uh, victims. But the, pr- the biggest thing is don't ask why. Don't ask why they do it because you'll be lost in that decision forever. Yeah. How did they do it? And it makes no sense because you're not thinking like them. Uh, what you need out of your basic day is not what they need out of their basic day. 
So, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. You know, all the research that I've done since this has happened, the number one thing has been to protect yourself is to not be on your phone in public, which I think ninety nine percent of the population is guilty of that. Oh, because you're sure. not paying attention to anything else around you. You're not paying right. attention to that twelve foot bubble. Yeah. Can you can you offer any theories, Deputy Nickel, about why? this perpetrator wanted her phone over her, say, wallet or her laptop or something else? It could have been the beginning of something much worse. Mm-hmm. By taking your phone, you can't call for help. Um, if you take a radio from a police officer, he has a hard time calling dispatch. So when he did that, he isolated you. And the next thing could have been an abduction. Oh, yeah. So oh, it, can, it, can, it can go from one to two to zero real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by Natalie screaming, what the F, over and over as loud as she could, could that have maybe made him oh, absolutely. Think, think twice absolutely. about maybe what his absolutely. ultimate plan was and hit the road. These people don't want to go to work every day for nine to five like we do. If it's a hard target, they're not going to come to that. So um, sitting in your lobby, uh, one of the employees challenged me, goes, hey, how are you doing? Why are you here? That was excellent because people are afraid to do that. If you turn around to ask a guy, what's your business here? Yeah. A gentleman's going to say, ma'am, I'm sorry. Um, anybody other than that, when, by their behavior, they're going to tell you, hey, look, something's not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in order for them to grab you, they got to be within six, uh, 36 inches of you. You're going to know um, when they brushed their teeth that they didn't. Yeah. Right? Ooh, and yeah. when people get that close, the reaction time for the average human being is uh, not very fast. So you want to be able to have that pre- prearranged. Um, people make fun of me because when I go to buildings, I look for the exits. I want to know where the yeah. AEDs are. Um, I, I carry things that people go, why do you carry this, this, and this? What if? So um, a go bag or an EDC, an everyday carry bag, uh, are things that you don't want to use, but you, you regret not having them. Explain to me what, what do you mean by that, the go um, bag, the EDC bag. Some people would say, hey, look, I have a CCW permit. They go out and buy a $300 gun and a $20 holster. All right? so they're not investing in their um, survival. They're buying an object or a, t- a talisman or a magic wand. So if you get CCW, you should have CCW training and proper accessories. CCW concealed. Concealed weapon. Ter- right. Yes. Um, or they go out and buy a can of pepper spray and they don't know what its strength is, its spray pattern, its pros, its cons, uh, or they've never been exposed to the product and they're surprised by it when they have to use it at a moment's notice. How can you learn how to do those things though? Like if you're encouraging me to buy like a can of pepper spray or whatever, like do I call law enforcement? And Are say, you hey, encouraging us to carry to this it? stuff around? I, I absolutely would. Um, I'm kind of known as Ms., uh, Mr. Gadget. Um, you name it, I got it. Um, and people say, well, why? Why do you need a multi-tool? Well, the first time your kid's bike breaks down, you're going to be glad you have a pair of pliers. Um, if you have an injury and you have more than a first aid kit, that's going to be a big deal. Um, you get stuck on the highway. Can you change a tire? Well, you don't have a jack. You have to have the basic tools. So with pepper spray, um, you can look at it on uh, online. Aver- the, the manufacturers of pepper spray are more than willing to train you. And everything from DVDs to home study courses to actual courses. Um, at the sheriff's office, we do women's self-defense classes, and we either demonstrate or talk about all those products and get a hands-on. Uh, if you look at martial art organizations in your local area or police departments, there's plenty of classes to take. But I'm going to ask that you take them routinely. Mm-hmm. If you take it once a year, it's not going to be there when you... Uh, it's not going to do you any good. It, 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 it won't be muscle memory. And no. when, when you're under stress, your brain parks in, on a different park. Okay. Um, you're going to be thinking about survival, fight or flight, all the things we've already talked about. Um, and then the aftermath is just as important as the, um, the event. And uh, I'm very proud of you having the courage to come out and talk. Um, it, and if you need help, seek it. Um, PTSD from one event is true. And sure. pe- people want to downplay it. They don't want to say it scared me. 
Um, and what am I going to do? Um, and, and on the other hand, don't tip the scale and say, hey, I'm going to go out and buy everything under the sun. I'm going to buy a shotgun, a rifle, yeah. everything. Find something you're comfortable with, with your skill set and build on it. But it is an investment. Um, you wouldn't go to the store and buy 600 gallons of milk today, would you? No. Because it would go bad. Yes. Well, physical skills deteriorate after time. Uh, fine motor skills go down the toilet once your heart rate goes up. That's exactly what's going to happen when you get attacked. We don't want a Monday morning quarterback Natalie's actions as she was going through this, but tell us what she did right. Well, she did everything right. Um, the fact that she had uh, her phone and everything available, that you were, you were um, planning your day out, you had A and B figured out, and when you reacted, you didn't freeze. And being scared stiff is really a real thing. Mm-hmm. And we see it uh, in my profession. We see it in people that have been uh, assaulted in various ways. So you did nothing wrong. Because the bottom line is, you didn't just survive, or now you got your property back, and now we're finding this guy. All right, so now you're actively participating in the apprehension of this individual. Um, and a lot of people that get assaulted do not tell people because they're embarrassed, or they got mugged, mm-hmm. and they just don't say anything. And then this yeah. perpetrator is free to go on to number two, three, four, and five. You know, I think it's finding, um, like, valuing it enough. I felt embarrassed for a, a little bit, but the, the Q fam here was so amazing, but talking about it and... Like, I think, am I being too dramatic about this? Like, so many other worse things happen to people every day. I'm just, I'm just being dramatic. It's really not that big of a deal. It, it's a huge deal. Um, because, like you said, that one moment you're looking at a weapon, you don't know if it's a toy, you don't know if it's real. Um, none of us in the room were there and saw that guy's demeanor. What, did he have a mask on? What was his tone? How did he react to you yelling? Because if someone's screaming and yelling, the bad guy's going to go, I'm going to get caught. And if they stay there, that's going to psychologically affect you because um, what's his motive? Because if he's not there for your property, then he's there for you. It's pretty simple. I mean, I joke with people all the time because I don't go bear hunting barehanded. And when people say, well, what all should I carry? Well, you can't carry every weapon known to man. Find something that you're comfortable with. Find something you can research and you can use every day, but bring it with you every day. It's not a magic wand. You have to have it and you have to be able to use it under stress. Can you use it when you are blindfolded, when you don't see, when the lights are on, the lights are off? Um, something as simple as a, t- a flashlight, a high lumen flashlight can um, signal for help and it works as a great impact weapon. Uh, the bottom line is the length of your mistakes will match the depth of your wounds. And if you make a bunch of mistakes, those wounds become um, compounded. So it, it's a, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where animals in the jungle don't get upset. They, they lick their wounds, grow their scars and they show them off. And uh, I commend you for you wanting to be able to talk about it. And it seems like it's, it's awakened something in you. Mm-hmm. Okay. 100%. Excellent. Yeah. So moving forward, and this is something that, you know, guys grapple with too, because we want to be safe. But as men, sometimes we think, you know, it shows weakness if we go to someone and say, what do I need to do to protect myself other than, and I happen to have a concealed carry permit, but you know what? I never carry. Ah, I have a lot of people that do that. And when you ask him, hey, um, if you had a situation that happened, what would you do? Well, I have it. They say what you say. And uh, how can you pull it? If it's not there, um, you can't have it. I've never met anybody that was in a critical situation that had to use any type of force that said they wanted a smaller gun with less ammo. I'm not saying you have to carry a bazooka, but you should be able to. How do I think you, it, you is it going to give a peace of mind? I think that's what. Yes. We all. That's what I would be looking for. What do you say to people who feel uncomfortable with firearms? And there are a lot. Um, I've dealt with a lot of people that um, we try to, I hate to say, change their opinion. You take them out to the range. For the most part, we're very successful at that. But in some areas, you can't carry. Um, in some buildings, you can't carry. 
And uh, I'm going to tell you that the, before I'd invest in any tools, I'd invest in myself. And you've got to develop that inner warrior. So when that happens, anything around you is a tool. So when you're strong, you're strong. And when you say invest in yourself, meaning taking a physical self-defense class. Yes. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and say, the person in front of me is worth it. If I don't, if I don't fight back, uh, how do I write a letter goodbye to all the people that says I quit? Um, there's a lot going on between the person's head when, when these things happen. Um, and in a small radio show, I wish I could go over things to show you how your mind works under pressure. But um, developing yourself is more important than developing a tool because it's not magic. This is a keychain. Okay, it's a Kubaton. It works in the hands of people that know how to use it. And if you don't know how to use it, it's a great conversational piece or it's a paperweight. Yeah. Mm. So. And routinely, dude, this this is a, a key factor of what you're talking about. You yes. know, if you are going to work on yourself and come up with ways to physically protect yourself in the event that you're not armed or that's not an option to you, this is a muscle memory that you need to create. Absolutely. 100%. In order to successfully protect yourself in a situation that could blindside you or me just like it did Natalie that night. Well, and we found out over time that if you take one course every year, you're going to forget it. If you take little courses, even if it's um, somewhat visual, somewhat audio, but there has to be that physical component. Um, you have a bad day at work and you go hit the bag for 20 minutes, eight minutes, four minutes. That's stress reduction. Um, the more stress you get out of the body, you're living healthier. All the zombie movies joke about um, the fat people get first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, cardio is important. Uh, and it is. Um, how long you're going to stay in that fight physically is what you brought to the fight. And if you're sick that day or you're uh, not well or you're nursing a wound, predators are going to pick up on that. And you got two choices. You can fight or you can flee or you can negotiate. And I'll tell you right now that in my experience, negotiation doesn't work. Because if you try to do the why are they doing this, it's how are they doing it? How do they get this close to me? How can I fix that? Uh, controlling your environment, knowing where the doors are, the exits. And uh, think like a criminal. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, one, I'm important and I do need to survive this. And I need to pre-think about it. I need to make a plan, an emergency plan. Uh, next thing is, how would I get me? What I would do is, okay, I know I sleep at night in, in this bedroom every night, and I sleep like a rock, okay? Then what type of alarm system do you do you burn to? So it's not just a event or a thing. Think about the total picture. You want to be able to use technology because it's available. But bottom line is, what's between your ears is going to defend you in the fight. 100% have mm-hmm. all of the stuff on your phone Know all of that information by heart and by memory. I would say that's the most important thing that I've learned. I have a question for you. What I mean, obviously, you had a passion for police work to get into it, but is there something more than that as to why you're so passionate and into, like, you you obviously have made yourself an expert in this. Well, when I was younger, um, a young woman came to our house who was having a problem with her uh, live-in boyfriend. That next morning, he shot her with a shotgun, killed her. And um, I was very fortunate in my life. I was able to train with a lot of different martial art people. I was able to go overseas. Um, I was able to represent our country in a few international tournaments. And it started popping up a lot that we did these classes. And um, it became apparent that we needed to do training. And um, we put on the gear. We put on a padded suit. We simulate pepper spray. Um, taser is an option for law-abiding citizens as well. So what we're going to do is dynamically simulate all these violent encounters and show you that dynamite does come in a small package. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't go bear hunting barehanded. You'll hear me say that a lot. Uh, tools are important, but um, you are the investment. Okay, When you get out, and you can make a night of this. Instead of going out to a movie, you can go to a boxing class. Um, you can take a, like a, I don't know, Okay, You can do things like that that physically make you stronger um, and get you ready for the event. But the bottom line is, um, 
a rabid chihuahua doesn't have a lot of problems. It foams at the mouth and it barks. And that sometimes that's enough. If you're a hard target, that will generally help. So in Butler County, uh, and you're with Butler County, they can contact the Butler County Sheriff's Office Absolutely. if they want to yeah, get we, involved we, in a personal safety course of some kind. Yes, sir. And, and your local I imagine police that's true for most local police departments. Oh, sure. yeah. Absolutely. Um, martial arts schools will put them on. Um, and for the general purpose, we do a lot of these for free. And the only time that the, the charges come about of it, like in a private sector, would be for the materials. Um, and some of these classes are very absorbent. They're, they're multiple hours long. You're on a range. You're shooting. You're simulating. Um, and they train just like the military. Um, what you invest in yourself, whether it's mental or physical, uh, needs to be repeated, like you said. That's very important. I feel like I need to go to the gym just to prepare for these <laughs> for these courses. Like, I need to get in shape. I don't know that I'm ready for these. Invest in yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Right. I think the overall thing, too, is like being aware. Like you're just saying, being aware is so important, especially today. Just be aware in your car when you're walking down the street. Be aware. Uh, the Japanese samurai had a, a saying that said, just when you think the battle's over, tighten your helmet strap. Yeah. Because it's not. Just the the moment before the storm is probably going to be the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Natalie, we're glad you're here. I, sure. I am too. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your story. And our thanks to Deputy Nickel for, thank, thank uh, you guys for having sharing me. your skills and your experience. That is going to wrap up this special edition of Person of Interest. Person of Interest is produced by Natalie Jones. And if you found her story as informative and compelling and interesting as we did and let's not forget deputy nickel and his expertise and experience send us an email to poi which stands for person of interest that's poi at wkrq.com we always welcome your thoughts and feel free to make a suggestion for a future person of interest we're going to keep on producing these episodes as long as you listen to them so be sure to check back with us. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. And until next time, for Person of Interest, I'm Jeff Thomas. Thanks for listening. These are the people behind the stories that matter to you. Thanks for listening to Q102's Person of Interest with Jeff Thomas.